Healed people do not resort to name calling or spewing hatred online. But people who have hurt and pain and struggle, that is where those things lie. This week we're talking about understanding people past their hurts and realizing that love and hate are honestly a lot closer than we'd like to think. We're talking about how when you resort to pigeonholing people into categories and carrying on that conversation from last week, really, that we divide people and rob them of showing them the love of Christ and ultimately rob the love of Christ from ourselves. There are no bad people, only bad circumstances and brokenness. And it's not our job to invalidate anyone's hurt, only to show love and actively speak up in regard to those around us. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert. A safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the consequences. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, you're listening to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And this is episode 121. And uh, yeah, we'll tell you what we're going to talk about, but we're just going to hop right into it. So first, if you're not a part of Nomad, go join Nomad. Uh, We'd love to have you. It's a group where you can ask questions. It's a safe place. We like to think it's a safe place. Everyone there is so chill. I love Nomad. It's such like a like a fun atmosphere to be in. And like, I've seen so many different people from different walks of life come together and just talk and it not get ugly. And that's what I really love about nomads. The reason I kind of brought up nomads first is because today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, just how there is God in all of us and seeing the God in all of us. And yeah, this is spurred on by current events. I know like everything right is spurred on by current events. But I feel like it needs to be talked about. So that's what we're going to talk about. So let's just get right into today's conversation. So this morning I got up and uh, I went downstairs to make my coffee. And I started making my coffee. It seemed like it took longer than usual. And I was in the process of making it. And I realized that my filter had busted on my coffee. And grounds were all in my coffee. So I go to swap out the filter. And I get a different coffee cup. And I'm just going to run it back through a new filter to strain out the, the coffee grounds. And in the process, I drop the new filter and the coffee pour-over funnel into the sink. the Into the dirty dishes. And into dirty dish water. So I got the French press out. And poured all my coffee into the French press. And then strained it back that way. And I uh, proceeded to like do it that way. And then I had to microwave it and all that. And I almost burnt my toast in the process. And it was just this this ordeal, right? You ever have one of those mornings where it's just like, oh, okay. My routine is just all over the place because things are just messing with me. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Elaine's looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I realized like, okay, this is a thing. And so many times we get in these funks like, oh man, everything is just going to crap today. This is just one of those days. It's a bad day. We start putting labels all over our day 
based on one or two events that happen that we then allow to set the precedence or to set the stage for the rest of our day. And then everything that happens, we filter through the lens of, see, this is just a bad day. You know what I'm talking about, Elaine? You ever get that way? Mm-hmm. Am I alone in this? No, no okay. where everything just feels like it's going to crap yes. <laughs> within the first hour of the day. Yes. Everything that could go wrong does go wrong. <laughs> uh, and the thing is, if you take a moment and say, hey, this is just a fluke occurrence, and sometimes things in life don't go as planned, and you restructure the way you view your day to say, man, I'm thankful I had this other method of straining out coffee grains hey, I needed to wash that coffee funnel anyway. It probably hasn't been done in a while. Uh, I get to change things up. Whatever that is, instead of looking at it like, oh man, my day really sucks. Everything must go wrong today. Every little thing that happens today is just going to be bad. Restructuring it to say, hey, actually, this is just a minor thing in the grand scheme of all the good that this day can entail. Now, that being said, The reason that is important is because the power of mindset and the power that you withhold in you to be able to speak life and death, to be able to speak positive and negative, to be able to say, man, if you, well, let me just kind of phrase it this way. If you wake up and your coffee filter ruptures and then you drop your coffee funnel into the sink and you're just sitting there and you just go, oh, this is just one of those days. You have already categorically taken basically... If that's five minutes of your life, you have taken the other, gosh, how many minutes are there in a day? Know. 60 times 24. I'm just not that good at math. What, six, uh, 600, 1200, 612, like what, 12,400 and something? Uh, or what? what is it? 12,240, right? Did I do that right? 60 12. times 24. Yeah. At 1,440 minutes in a day. Wow. I am way, I am so bad at math. Okay. <laughs> whoops whatever okay, so the other 1435 minutes right. in your day <laughs> you're talking about like multiple days okay so Again, i put, it's the, one of those I put days. the decimal in the wrong place see what i mean okay but if you take oh gosh you better be glad i'm good at other things in life because <laughs> Thank God for calculators. Um, I hold See, school education. There's God in everything, yep. even ca- calculators. Oh, uh, some people are cringing right now. Okay, so but if you look at the other not thousands of minutes, but uh, if you take the other uh, amount of time before I try to go calculation mode and uh, <laughs> quit laughing at me. He's uh, on calculation mode. <laughs> we have derailed this podcast from the seriousness of where I was trying to go That's so okay. bad. That's okay. I feel like we've been uh, heavy. We've been heavy the past few weeks. <laughs> this isn't a light topic. <laughs> this is a heavy topic, and we're just laughing. I feel like 21 Pilots now. Why? Lyrically, lyrically it's dark, but all the upbeat music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Oh, back to what I was saying. If you take all of the other time and realize all of the normal time or even good things that happen, yet we filter everything, kind of like my coffee grounds that slip through the filter. Uh, weird analogy. Uh, but anyway, you look at that and you say, okay, this little segment of time has dictated all of this other time because we were choosing to look through that lens. <sighs> Here's where I was going with that. We do the same with people. We allow a few bad occurrences 
And I would like to emphasize occurrence is not bad people. There's no such thing as a bad person. There are only levels of brokenness within people. But we allow a few bad occurrences, uh, a few very broken people even, a few very hurt people who do very bad things to dictate the outcome of how we view everyone. This is how systemic racism have has thrived for so long. We took one specific group, really it's a lot of groups, but you get what I'm saying. We took a, a group of people, we labeled them as those people are bad, and then we viewed all of those people through that lens, looking at more modern versions of racism. Oh, that person of that descent or that looks like that or thinks that way, uh, and I want to emphasize here, I'm talking broader than just, you know, black and white. I'm talking, uh, it's it's all kind of things. It could be those people over there who, uh, I don't know, who love in this kind of way. You know, maybe those people being like homosexual or part of the LGBTQ plus movement or those people uh, who are Republicans or those people who are lib- liberal Democrats or libtards, as so many people like to call them, or Trump tards, whatever tard you want to put on it. Which is also a derogatory uh, word anyway for sure. people who have disorders, men- mental disorders, and every physical ailment and right. everything. Uh, and so uh, all that to say, like we categorize everyone who is X, Y, and Z, which talked about this last week, into one poll. But the continuation of that is now we have put them so into this thing that we view all people who even come close to being able to put... It could be... Let's just use Republican and Democrat for a second to try to keep it out of the the race war thing that I'm just not qualified enough to speak on, really. If you go to, uh, like... Republican and Democrat. Okay, so you have your person over here who is most likely going to vote liberal, but they are very neutral. And like right now, they're just leaning that way. And they make one statement that sounds conservative. Now, all of their liberal bandwagoner friends are going to go, How dare you be a conservative? You're just one of those Trump tard, blah, 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 blah. The same goes the opposite way. Maybe you have a very open-minded, centered, conservative-leaning individual. Uh, And then they make one status that sounds just a little bit liberal. And, oh, my word, every, you know, crap hits the fan and everyone gets sprayed with feces, basically, at that point. (laughs) Don't make that some weird analogies. (laughs) I'm in a mood, okay? I am in a mood. Okay. What what mood is that? (laughs) Just remember, when crap hits the fan, everyone gets covered in it. That's a quote card right there. <laughs> Pulling that audio, <laughs> making a graphic. There you go. Oh, if you yes. get anything from this episode, <laughs> quit maybe, throwing maybe crap should, at fans. Maybe that should be the title. Don't throw turds at the fans. The title of the episode. That's <laughs> if you throw a turd at a fan, everyone in the uh, room gets covered like that, in crap. If you give a mouse a cookie book. <laughs> I don't know that book, <laughs> but okay. Oh, wow. Anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> <sighs> so, anyway. Taking this to a more Christian and Jesus-loving perspective here, uh, we have this this just blanket statements. We have all this stuff. But the truth of the matter is we are all more alike than we are disalike. We've talked about that before on the show. Where it's a, that's a rehash statement, but it's worth revisiting right now. 
And I just want to go ahead, Elaine, you had posted something that kind of sparked this conversation in the first place. So, which is so often what happens, Elaine has one super in-depth thought and then I run with it. So go ahead, Elaine. What yeah, was so your I'm actually status? going to read what my Facebook status She's said. got to get out of her calculator app where yes, she was proving calculator. how terrible I was at math because it was a nightmare. <laughs> okay. 12,000 minutes in a day. Go ahead. Yeah. So yesterday I wrote this out on Facebook. There is God in both the left and the right. If we are all made in God's image, if we all have God within our hearts, if we are all loved by God, if we are all created by beautiful and wonderful design, then that means God is in the face of your enemy. That means God is in whatever political affiliation you disagree with. That means God is in whatever religious affiliation you disagree with. That means that there is God in all of us. But once you stop seeing the God in your enemy, you stop seeing the God in yourself. That's good. That's powerful, babe. So, thanks. <laughs> Yesterday we, so I don't know if we've like mentioned this on the podcast, we bought an RV. We did buy an RV. We, we, we bought, bought a motorhome. Yes, we have um, a motorhome now. And yesterday we were actually painting the inside of it. And we, um, I, I threw on this video by Levi the Poet. You may have heard his episode a couple episodes back. But um, it was his thoughts on everything that's going on. Um, everything from George Floyd and, and the Black Lives Matter movement to police and, and all this stuff. And so I wasn't sure exactly what to expect. I didn't really read anything um, beforehand. And I saw that it was 44 minutes. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to listen to this right now. But uh, Cody was like, no, go ahead and play it. And I almost cried like five times listening to it, mm, which Levi did cry multiple times in it. And it, it was just so powerful. And it was talking about just the um, how. Well, and while you're thinking that, uh, I'll link up to this in the show notes, yeah. too. So if you all want to yeah. go check it out, like I highly encourage you to because it was, it was very mm -hmm. moving. So yeah, it, you, it was very moving. And it was talking uh, something that he kept addressing was how we've made Christianity or um, the church as a market and that we sell it. And that, you know, if God, if, if Jesus died for all, that means Jesus died for all. And he had said something along the lines, uh, again, Cody will link this up, and it is in written form too if you want to read it. Um, but he had said something along the lines of like, yes, Jesus flipped tables, but there was never anyone he denied. And I just thought that was so powerful because it gives merit to yes, you can have emotion. Yes, you can be upset. Yes, you can be angry. Yes, all of these things, that is okay. But even in your anger, there is still love. There is still God in everyone. And it just really, of course, everything going on in the world right now, literally left and right, and I'm not just talking about political, just literally everything going on amidst the president candidacy, all, all of that stuff. And I, again, like Cody was saying, like you have like names like Libtard or Trump Tart or right wing, whatever, like all these derogatory remarks name calling, whatever. And that's not God. And the thing is, God is in all of us. God is in Trump. God is in Nancy Pelosi. God is in everyone you disagree with and agree with. But we forget that part. We forget that if we are made in his image, all of us are made in his image. Is it okay to be angry? Absolutely. Is it okay to be upset? Absolutely. Is it okay to protest for what you believe is right? Absolutely. Absolutely but it must be done in love. 
Side note, I also just finished Everybody Always by Bob Goff. And it was such a powerful book about really that message of just loving everyone, loving the quote criminals or the quote bad people, quote hurt people. And that is what we are called to do specifically as Christians. And I am singling out Christians because that is what the Bible says is for Christ- those who follow God, your two, your only two commandments, love God and love others. Everything else falls into those two categories. And I feel like we do a good job of loving God most of the time, but most of the time we don't do a good job of loving other people. Yeah. And I mean, like if you let these polarizing things reduce the love you have for someone else or reduce even the way you should, maybe you, in your heart, you truly do love them still. But if it keeps, if there is any uh, categorical um, pool that you put someone else in and it keeps them from experiencing the love of God flowing through you to them, then that is sin. That is, in essence, anti-Christ. That is against God. That is a grievance of the Holy Spirit, even. And good Lord, we've all done it. Like, every mm-hmm. single one of us yeah. have done it. Like, like, that's not, I'm not sitting here preaching at you. I'm preaching at myself. It's a reminder, yeah, I was going to say it's a reminder to us, too. And and I always think about, like, people always say, like, oh, we entertain angels, or every person you meet is the face of God or, or what if that homeless man over there in that corner was Jesus and you just passed him every day, whatever. But the thing is, God is in all of us. We are all made by God. We are all made in his image. God loves every single one of us. And I don't know why it's so hard to grasp that God loves the people we disagree with and that we are called to love those people, especially those people, because it's easy to love the people that we agree with. It's easy to love people who think the same way, who look the same way, who believe the same way, but it's especially those people that don't look like us, that don't think like us, that don't believe like us, that we are called to love. And the big, one of the biggest things that has always bothered me is name-calling. When you don't have a good argument, or if you are in a conversation, or generally speaking, if people are in a conversation and they don't have a good argument, they start attacking people's appearances. They start name calling because they don't actually have anything of merit to say, and that is not love. When you start, when you resort to name calling, libtard, or whatever other names. That even towards conservatives and Republicans and whatever. Christians, like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. It. Yeah. Like when you resort to name calling, you no longer see the love of God in that person. You no longer see the love of God in you. Right. And I, I like that point right there specifically is when you're not willing to show the love of Christ to someone else, you're no longer operating or receiving the love of Christ for yourself. You cannot love yourself in Christ. You cannot let Christ operate in you if you do not channel that out to other people because everyone has the spark of divinity in them. God is in every single person. And I know Christians get up in arms about that. I'm sorry. God is in everyone. God put himself in everyone. Some people may suppress it more than others. Some Christians suppress it more than anyone. As I say, not everyone recognizes that within themselves. Right. But it is there, somewhere within them. They are a temple, even if their temple isn't holding active service, okay? If we want to get real churchy, even if the building isn't holding active service, you know, let's look at Old Testament. Like, even if the tabernacle didn't have people there worshiping, it was still the tabernacle. Uh, the same thing with, with our temple. Like, it is still the dwelling place of God. We are now the tabernacle, right? 
So even if they're not actively holding service, they're not actively sacrificing, it's still the house in which the spirit dwells. Like it doesn't matter. It's still there and it's still within us. And so whenever you resort to pigeonholing people, then you resort to pigeonholing God. You're putting God within a box. And specifically, like if you are going around, if you, and, and here's here's a challenge for all of us in this time, because let's be honest, it's easy to get angry, spend two minutes on Facebook, not even our Twitter, and good night, it's easy to just be so freaking mad at everyone because everyone's perspective is on, I mean, even people who you're close to, it's easy, you're screwed, well, like the dirty laundry starts getting aired, let's be honest. Well, and everyone feels like they're being attacked right now. Yeah, Literally I mean, everyone. It's it's true. It's hostile right now. And, and like, keep in mind, we're not speaking on racial injustice ever now. We're talking about specifically Christian love. Uh, I'm not against protests. I'm not against speaking up. I think everyone should speak out. If there is injustice, it is your job as a Christian to speak up about it. If our uh, black brothers and sisters are being treated badly, it is our job to speak up with it. How dare us not for so long? So many of us have not uh, out of ignorance or willful, willful ignorance or complacency or whatever it is. The same can be said about uh, our Native American brothers and sisters, uh, any racial minority, uh, anyone in particular. If we see something going on, uh, you know, down the street, where it reminds me of a Seinfeld episode toward right toward the end of Seinfeld. I think it's actually how Seinfeld ended there in New York. And there was something, I don't know if this is a real law or not, because I'm from Arkansas. I'm not from New York. I've been in New York once in my life. But basically, it's like the, uh, uh, what is the story in the Bible? The, uh, it's not, oh, the Good Samaritan is what it was. So it's like the Samaritan law where basically like if you see someone in danger and you cannot and you can physically uh, altercate to help that person without putting your life in danger and you don't, it's considered um, basically uh, aiding and abetting criminal behavior. Mm -hmm. And so basically like all the characters of Seinfeld get arrested because they're filming this guy. Mind you, it was like on an old Sony mm -hmm. handy camera. They're like filming this person getting robbed, mm -hmm. right? And because they didn't help, they get arrested. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that's true. Guilty by unassociation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if we see someone in turmoil and we are not helping, not speaking out, then uh, even sometimes I understand things got to get escalated and heated. And uh, sometimes you got to take a stand for what you believe in the whole Jesus flipping tables notion, but you do it in love. You still do it in a place of, it's not, you're my enemy, it's, I want to help you understand me, and I want to understand you. Sometimes it's, I'm so mad right now that we have got to stand together. Sometimes people are physically trying to come after, and you've got to stand together against people, but you got to realize those people who are standing against you are either A, like, let's look at police brutality. Those people are broken. Not all police officers, I'm not saying that. The people who are rioting and burning down buildings are broken. All of this, there's hurt. There's all these other layers. It's not just that's a bad person who we got to stop. Because when you get past uh, these categorical surface level, putting a label like bad is like putting duct tape on a crack in a dam. It does nothing. It is a temporary cosmetic patch that does not fix the problem. It's like a fresh coat of paint on rotting wood. It's still rotting. There's still an issue. Go ahead. You well, have something you want to say. And the book that I was reading, Everybody Always, he had said that there is no justice without love and there's no love without justice. Right. And I actually made that a Facebook status too. 
because that that just really resonated with me is like yes you can have justice yes you can have protests yes you can make things right yes like you were saying yes it can get heated sometimes but as long as you are operating out of love as long as you let your love be stronger or louder than your anger than your fear than your anxiety than your stress and all of that as long as you are operating out of love and that is your driving force everything else kind of falls into place. Well, and love and hate are very, very close. Love and hate are not opposites at all. The opposite of love is apathy. It's uncaring. It's discaring. Indifference, and there's yeah. a lot of the opposite of love going. Let's be honest. Like the indifference is not an acceptable answer. Love is the operation. But anger and hostility and all these things come in hatred. Let's be honest. Hate is not the opposite of love. Once again, it's apathy. Apathy is the opposite of love, not hate. People have hatred towards someone. All of these things, it comes from a passion uh, within them. It is a manipulation of love, but it's still operating out of that same side. It's not love, but it's tweakable. You know what I mean? Like if you're having this hatred or this burning anger towards something, that's a good place to start and try to realize where is love being withheld in this area from me not like towards me but like where am i withholding love in this area because so often what we are passionate about is what we are uh called to do i don't want to say it's like some i don't know if it's like a divine thing or what but so often it's stirring in us because we know that we are compelled to do something about it uh you know like there are areas in my life where i'm just super fired up sometimes i get angry fired up and that comes from a place of like, I know that I can do something about this. How dare I not? And so all this to say, when we start filtering our perspective of people through basic um, surface level bullcrap statements of race, of uh, gender, of political affiliation, of what kind of, you know, how you take your coffee or if you don't like coffee, bless your heart. Just kidding. Uh it's when we start filtering people through these blanket surface level things, it robs us from seeing the God in them. It robs us from getting to know the God in them. And it robs us from experiencing God for ourselves. Like I said, everything is through love, passion. When you stand up for someone who is uh, being racially mistreated, yeah, sometimes it resorts to things escalating. But it's in love. It is in love for the person you are protecting. It is in love for the person even that is trying to harm someone else. Because by doing so, you save someone else from being mistreated. And you save someone else by showing them that that person is worthy of love too. But that being said, there comes a point in time where you have to ask yourself, am I operating out of brokenness or out of love? I don't expect people to be quiet and just sit back and follow, uh, you know, the cookie cutter version of everything. I want people to speak out. I want people to be activists. Jesus was an activist. He was killed for it. Uh, his disciples were the biggest activists ever. Look at Peter hung upside down on a cross and, and like, you know, basically bled out or whatever. Uh, John was exiled to an Isle of Patmos after being boiled alive because he wouldn't die. Like, being an activist for something you're passionate about is the, like the most biblical thing, most Christ-like thing you can physically do, but it's out of love. They went and they endured out of love. 
they still loved their enemies. They still prayed for those who persecute them. Did they speak up and speak out about how things could be? Yes. But those voices, when you speak up out of love, people's hearts can't help but receive it. It's how we're programmed. It's impossible not to receive that love. Do people go on the defense? Yes. Do people get scared and uncomfortable and lash out out of anger? Yes. It's like whenever you see the videos, uh, I think of like the song, In the Arms of the Angel, those Mm -hmm. thinking dog videos that made all of us cry back in the early thousands (laughs) because uh, they're talking about like the ASPCA and the neglected animals or whatever, right? But you look at these videos of these dogs, and I'm talking dogs because dogs are primal. It's a primal thing. Yeah, they're domesticated, whatever. But animals are primal, right? Uh, So are humans, but animals more so, uh, or at least more in tune with their primitive side, or at least uh, don't pretend that they're not. So They don't have the capacity to not pretend. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, but like you look at a dog who's been abused his whole life. Yeah, he's going to bite. He's going to lash out. That's all it knows to survive. But sooner or later, that love prevails. Even if that dog is always skittish for the rest of its life, it still receives love because dogs can tell this innate thing within people on intention. We can too. And so often we present ourselves as if our intentions are good, but they're not. They're self, uh, self-preserving self or self-motivating, not self-motivating, self-elevating uh, because we want to be right We want to be recognized, we want to be heard, we want to be acknowledged, and we want, this this is the different one here, this is ultimately the the, the sin of mankind, we want power, we want leverage, uh, because we, and that in and of itself is brokenness, we don't want power, you know, you look at some of the most power hungry people in the world, they don't want power because they enjoy lording over people, they want power because they enjoy the false emphasis like kind of parentheses here false sense of comfort that comes from feeling like they can control their environment so they cannot be hurt there is a hurt there that told that person at a young age i have to control all of my life situations and all of those around me or people are going to hurt me and so it's hurt people hurt people And when we can start filtering through, once again, using that word again, filtering through these thoughts and seeing past the attitude, past the mentality, past the actions to the heart and the primal uh, basic seed that was sown. It's like whenever I'm looking out my window at our garden right now, our garden is overrun with weeds. We have got to do some serious gardening. The plants are growing. There's good crop in the midst of these weeds. But grass out here grows like like grows like weeds. I mean, it's just it's crazy. This ground is super fertile out where we live. It's farming land. Uh, the problem is whenever you till up the ground, there's a bunch of new grass seed that gets sown right along with it. There's tons of weeds trying to choke out our plants. We've got to go pull all those out again for like the fourth time this year, and it's only like June. We have done this over and over and over again, but it grows so fast that we have to keep doing it. If we don't, it's going to choke the life out of our plants. Does that mean those plants don't exist anymore because they're buried under a bunch of weeds? No. But if we can look past the weeds and carefully navigate through and over time pull out the bad, sooner or later the good is left. And this isn't 
a, a, a macro level. This isn't pull out the bad people so the good people are left. Like that's our that's our goal right now. Like we're gonna go out there, we're gonna arrest all the bad people and throw them in prison. I'm not getting into that conversation right here, but it's that's how we view everything. We view everything on a macro level, and especially in the Western you like culture, U.S. whatever you want to say it. Macro. We've got to pull out all the bad things and toss them over here. Uh, you know, the separate the wheat versus the chaff or whatever, you know, but it's a micro thing that happens in each individual person. And that's how you create a cultural shift. It's not a macro. It's a micro thing. Well, even instead of focusing on, oh, we have to get all the bad people out. We have to make all the all, all, all the bad in the situation out so we can leave room for good. It's OK. Well, how do you do that? Well, first you examine the hurt. You see where those hurts came from. Mm -hmm. You see what uh, caused people to be operating out of this. And, you know, everyone has hurt of some kind, some kind, even if it's on like a minuscule level, like everyone has some type of hurt, whether it's church hurt, parent hurt, you know, uh, childhood trauma, whatever. Everyone has some kind of hurt. And instead of looking at people as, quote, bad people, what if you removed that filter or, or removed that lens and you started filtering, okay, instead of bad people, these are now hurt people. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do we do with hurt? What, what do we do with that language? Okay, you find healing. What does that look like? How do you find healing for that person? And then it's like a trickle effect. You can't just go around labeling duct tape and then um, labeling everybody as bad people and then just disregarding it, you know. Mm. Once you realize that people are hurt, then it's like, okay, so how can we heal those people? What well, you I just, and this is kind of like, maybe we can end on this even, but quit invalidating people's hurts. Yeah. You know, I have heard so many, I'm just going to throw out two really polarizing things here. I have heard from plenty of people, oh, well, black people, you know, I never own a slave, so I don't understand why they're hurt up about this. You don't, un- like... Just take a minute to realize how short of a time it has been since, uh, like, segregation. Take a minute to realize how short of a time it has been since so much. I've heard language growing up. I grew up in the South. I've heard plenty of racism growing up. Even basic little things that over time cultivate into big things. Even if someone grew up, this person over here who happens to be black, grew up, in an extremely financially stable home who never had to worry about anything, who had everything handed to and this is hypotheticals, but had everything handed to them, uh, you know, was basically the epitome of like, uh, like just extremely wealthy. Even they have hurt. Even you're like the same thing for a white person. Like everyone has hurts. And the degree in which that hurt has hurt someone is not yours to decide. I could have someone say the most minor thing to me, and it cut me to the bone in a way that brings up some other insecurity from something that happened in my childhood or elsewise that cuts me deep. Just little words. They say words actually do hurt people. Yes, I mean, the pen is sharper than the sword, right? Like, uh, it's, it's this thing where, like, you cannot tell someone that's an invalid hurt. Do people get caught up in, I mean, we've talked plenty on victim mentality. I've talked all, uh, we've talked extensively on that. That is fine. But invalidating someone's 
disvalidate, invalidate, whatever it is, someone's pain or hurt or trauma is actually causing more trauma. Let's flip this another way for someone else to understand, just to kind of put it in other terms. I have personally, Elaine and I both have personally been told by someone uh, not even six months ago that we were not welcome because they did not believe in deconstruction, that they've experienced their fair share of hurt, and they just think people just need to grow up and get over it. Yeah. Bull crap. Bull crap. Like, I have personally, so this is one I can relate to and try to use that to relate to someone else on some degree. It's not their job. They don't know what I have been through. They don't know what has been said to me. Have I had to struggle financially and all this crap? No, I haven't grown up in poverty. Yes, I've had privileges and I've had, a, you know, like, like no, but that at the same time, like, I grew up with an alcoholic mother. I've had guns put to me. I've been, like, uh, had knives put to my throat. I have Verbally had to abused. dig her out of ditches. Like, I've been through hell and back with this woman. And so I have these weird triggers in me, too. And then whenever I was turned away from spiritual authority, which is something that, mind you, I turned to in my time of struggle, it hurt so bad because I felt abandoned. And the same thing can go with, like, you don't know just because someone comes from some class somewhere, just because you've never done something to someone or what have you, doesn't invalidate someone else's voice. And it is not our job to view that person as they're just whiny, they're just this, they just want blah, 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 because at the root of that, there is a hurt that needs to be addressed. What I was going to say, so what if they're whiny? So what if they're complaining? Okay, so why are they being whiny? Why are they being, quote, complaining? Like, dig deeper. Well, and it's like this. Here's a good example. I'm, I'm getting passionate. I went to the ER whenever I was 19 years old because my stomach hurt. And I've had stomach bugs before. You know, I was really prone to them when I was younger. I had them like every six months or so. And I thought I just had this really bad stomach bug. A lot of times when I get stomach bugs, I end up in the ER because like I can't keep fluids down and I have to have IV fluids. I don't know what it is about me. It's just something that has happened more than once, you know, uh, in Jesus name, that ain't happened again. So we can get that blah, 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 whatever. But <laughs> like, uh, like sage on this conversation. Right. So, but anyway, I, I, uh, I had this really just gnawing pain and I almost passed out. I was in so much pain. So I went to the doctor like, oh, you have a stomach bug. They gave me IV stuff to keep me from throwing up or whatever. And I just started like throwing up uncontrollably and it just hurt. And I was dismissed as, oh, you probably just have whatever, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. They did the basics or whatever. And they're like, oh, it's a stomach bug. But luckily I had one ER doctor who came in later. It was, I was there early morning. It was a shift changeover doctor. And he said, hey, uh, I just want to send him in for a CT scan just to make sure. So they wheeled me off to the CT scan. Come to find out, I was within hours of my appendix exploding because it was so. It, my appendix was literally rotting away inside of me. So much to the point, they actually didn't know if I was going to rupture before they could get me in for surgery. I went in for emergency surgery, uh, had my appendix removed. Whenever I, I remember before I went down, I asked the guy, I'm like, so what does this entail? He's like, well, you're either going to wake up with three small incisions or your entire abdominal cavity filleted open. Uh, on IV antibiotics. And I was like, well, that's comforting. Like, they didn't know. And luckily, it had not ruptured, but they said that it was literally uh, tearing as they pulled it out. Like, it was forming tears in it. I say this for what reason? I was being dismissed, but I was feeling pain. Now, that's one instance. There are people who have chronic nerve conditions that, or uh, just inflammatory pain responses. 
and you go to the doctor and you've been dismissed and well, dismissed even and women dismissed. in like child labor and stuff they're For like sure. oh they're just going through labor well no sometimes women have extra other things going on too and like so many times our medical like we just dismiss people like oh well they're just it's just a pain whatever and sometimes sure it is just a pain but that doesn't mean that the pain isn't real sometimes i get achy bones and joints uh and inflammation in my stomach and i have to take rounds of prilosec to clear it up because i'm prone to like my the lining of my stomach wants to eat itself away sometimes for whatever reason same thing has my mouth i get canker sores in my mouth because the lining of my mouth just peels out it's disgusting it's annoying it's something i have to deal with what's the cause of it no one freaking knows it doesn't make it (laughs) it doesn't make it not real though yeah you know it doesn't make it not real and so I'm just saying that's just kind of my thing is like just because someone is experiencing pain, it's not your job to dismiss it. It's not your job. Like, yes, you can get stuck in that and you can abuse that. I could very well just mope around and demand my wife did everything for me because I was having a, you know, like pain or whatever. Even if I wasn't, you can lie. There's all that kind of stuff. But even that goes back to a different hurt. That's what I'm saying. It's not a one layer, one and done thing. There's constant layers. Healed people don't just spew hatred online okay we're gonna wrap this up we've gone too long all right let us know what you think even though it's scary let us know what you think we love you guys be brave be bold be reckless we'll talk talk soon. soon